0: Everything you've heard about the KISS years and the KISS stage shows and the spectacle is true. It's not a legend. We're gonna show every new band how the big boys do it.
1: Everything, we wanna give them everything we got. It's really about a lifestyle and an attitude towards winning. But you're kind of like a spaceman. No, actually, I'm a plumber. To myself, look, Eric, you're going to do the best you can. You know you're good, you know the songs, and that's all you can do.
2: So it is just like a great opportunity that that just suddenly landed in my lap. This one's going to be exceptional. Now I'm in the best band. I was in some good bands, but now I'm in the best band.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the introductory episode of zero 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 or the demo episode if you will of our new show right between the eyes a kiss podcast with three generations of kiss fans telling you why we love it loud you can find us on social media so far we are on twitter at rbte podcast we are on facebook at right between the eyes podcast you can email us at right between the eyes podcast at gmail.com More to come down the road. We'd love to start the interaction and the conversations with the great KISS family. Like I said, welcome to the show. I am one of your hosts, Rob Myers, sitting behind the mirror ball pearl drum kit, trying to keep the beat and representing the non-makeup era of KISS. As with any good band, I am not alone. Out in front is the father and son, One-Two Punch, the elder statesman with the smoking guitar representing the early era of KISS, Mr. Nicholas Caruso, Jr. How are you tonight, sir?
1: I'm doing great, man. I'm fired up to uh, that we're finally getting this thing started, and uh, it's awesome. Great. Well, like I said,
0: father and son, last and certainly not least, and uh, most worthy of the fellowship representing the legacy era of KISS with the star in his eye and fire in his soul, my long-lost brother from another mother, Nico Caruso.
2: How are you doing tonight, sir? Well, I'm honored that you gave me the honor of being the star child. And I just said honor twice. So that's how you know I'm fired that's up, right. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to keep this going. Our band's ready. Our set list is written. Our guitars are plugged in. You're behind that mirror ball drum kit. And we're going to move forward with passion.
0: Definitely passion. So if you're... Hopefully, by the time you're hearing some of these shows, the seed of this show actually was sprouted somewhere else. So I kind of like to go around the proverbial room and maybe kind of what brought us together. I'll tell you from my from my perspective, we can kind of go around of how this whole thing started, is I host a show called Robin, Everyone Loves a Drake, and I know on a music side, in the comic book world, I can say the Drake and people know, oh, that's the third uh, Robin for Batman. But in the musical context, if I say everybody loves the Drake, somebody's going to go, like, the rapper, the R&B guy? Drake, so <laughs> so not that guy. But uh, the group of us have been on various podcasts, and I believe it was a Let's Go comic show podcast. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what the show was about now off the top of my head. But all I could be fixated on was two people who had only had proverbially just kind of had met on twitter and stuff but uh, nico was wearing a dress to kill shirt and for that whole entire video i could not take my eyes off of your shirt going dude's a kiss fan like is he really a kiss fan or did he go to hot topic and because i'm sure we've all (laughs) we I'm, i'm sure we've all run into those people that are wearing a led zeppelin shirt and going Are you really a fan of Led Zeppelin or do you just go into Hot Topic and buy Led Zeppelin because you think it's cool and hip? And I'm like, nah. I think we even had started like a side conversation going on. So uh, Terrence and I on our show, Everyone Loves a Drake, we had kind of started doing a sister podcast to that, which is, I think, kind of gone by the wayside called Batman and Robin Eternal. And on that show, Terrence had the idea of like, let's review a Kiss song because we kind of... Had a little shorthand about, oh, we both like Kiss. So we would kind of, before we would talk about the latest Batman comic, we would get into, okay, let's talk about the first Kiss album. We get into Nothing to Lose. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I would love to do a Kiss podcast, but I'm not not sure how to go about doing it. And I don't know. I know my best friend down the road. He's busy. So it was kind of like one of these dreams that I had, like maybe it'll go somewhere, maybe it won't. Where does this fall in line with you guys? Did you think this is just a whim of a madman that I threw out? Or, like, I was kind of curious in like where your perspective was on this kind of idea building.
2: I mean, it was exceptional. My dad and I have been wanting to do a podcast forever, and we just never really had the confidence to do it. Um, until a couple years ago, we thought about doing a music one, we thought about doing a comic-based one, which we do have now. We thought about doing a Cubs one because we're from mm-hmm. Chicago, we're big sports fans. So then it wasn't until one of my really good friends, Nick Zenick, offered us to, to be the first two guests on his, on his DC Comics-based podcast known as The Vigilante 1939, and he liked us so much, he asked us to be the two other co-hosts, <laughs> and we've done that now for... A little over two years, and that's how we met you, so we we kind of got infected with the podcast bug, I will say, <laughs> whereas we're like, okay, we've been talking about comics and these movies for, for a long time now, what else can we do? And then we went back between the Cubs and the music one, and I so happened to be lucky to have a father who showed Kiss to me, and that became and is my favorite band of all time, they're his favorite band of all time, so... We played around with it and then Rob, when you threw that idea at us, it was just to talk about it because we had a we had a show talking about KISS over at the Let's Go podcast right. Right. and we had a great time, just a fun time. It was like over 90 minutes long just talking KISS and then you're like, that lit a fire in me and as Paul Stanley would say, we were just getting started but we didn't realize it. So I was immediately bought in, it was just about actually doing it and sitting it down and and putting the idea together because music is so it's so much bigger. Mm-hmm. I know there's so many comic books and there's so many of these comic book movies out there, but it, it does feel very one dimensional for like we talked about in our promo with kiss. There's so much and so much they did for mm-hmm. music and how you unique they are. So dad, would you say it was the same for you or
1: yeah, I got really excited when I think you two guys were DMing each other. <laughs> and when Nick <laughs> told me that you were a big kiss fan it's almost like this secret society, even though they're very big and commercial and and, the, and there's a big allegiance to them. It's still kind of really neat when it's like a kindred spirit mm-hmm. when you do meet somebody that loves Kiss and they share the passion for him. So it, it's just a really good feel good way of uh, of thinking and being so when we started talking about it, I was like, Wow, this is this is something that I really wanna do because I could talk KISS all day yeah. long. I mean, yeah. I can I can I can do this forever and it's it's just fun. And uh and so yes, yeah, so knowing that you were a KISS fan, my son who wanted becoming a KISS fan, I was like, this is really a great idea.
2: And Rob was the first we've never had a friend who's a KISS fan ever and in our lives, like yeah, yeah
1: you grew up with. Some, I, I grew up recently... with a with a couple, but I will say that as the years have gone by, the uh, the one person who's my very dear friend, and we were got into kiss together when we were young. He's not so much into them mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I can't really think of anybody else in my immediate circle and even family besides you, my son, and Rob, you that know as much and love the band as much as we do.
0: Yeah. Like my, my best friend, he literally lives about six houses down from me. So I've had the idea, like I could probably get him on the show, get him on the show and kind of like, you know, reminisce that way. But it was on a previous podcast that we had done. I was always somebody I, I was into like the ACDCs and, you know, Bon Jovi's and you know, Michael Jackson and Bobby Brown, like that type of stuff for a while. And it wasn't until the, the years are kind of blurring. It was either going into like coming out of 88, going into 89, like right around the time hot in the shade was coming out. I remember going to a friend of mine's house and he had all his kiss albums out. And I was like, they're the devil. That's night and Satan service, you know, (laughs) all that type of stuff. Cause you know, I didn't know any better. And he's like, what are you listening to? I'm like, I'm listening to Bon Jovi. He's like, what? ever, you know, kind of like picking on me. Like, and I remember even having like the kiss cards as a kid back in the seventies. And my mom, like ripping those out of my hands. Like we, I don't want this in the house and like throwing them in the trash can. And I was like, Oh, Oh, oh okay. I like mom said, no, I guess and I just kind of like put it away, but I'd seen them on like public access channels and stuff like that. So I remember always kind of being weirded out by the makeup. And I think Gene actually really kind of <laughs> scared me at first so it's not until I get into high school that I'm in art class and, you know, the the bad kid in town, so to speak, wearing the jean jacket. And it's got, you know, had tattoos before people had twos and the earrings and stuff like that before, you know, it was acceptable to do so. And we're in art class. And when I see him like drawing what would become the Destroyer album cover, when the teacher was like, all right, I want you to pick your favorite artist and we're gonna do a mock-up version of the album cover. And I think I had picked like Bobby Brown or something, something stupid or whatever. And he was drawing Destroyer. So I started asking him about some stuff. So he made me a mixtape and like the first song on this mixtape was like charisma and then it went into the four solo albums it was radioactive speeding back to my baby tonight you belong to me and you're what's it you're the sugar that papa likes from peter christ (laughs) so my word so those were the those are the first four (laughs) songs on there and then he put some other stuff i remember hearing deuce and i was made for loving you and rock and roll all night and going oh that's kiss oh i didn't know that was kiss so the first album I would go out and buy was Hot in the Shade, and I had just seen the video for Hide Your Heart two or three nights prior on you know, like Headbangers Ball or something like that. So I was kind of already getting primed in, and once I bought that first album, it was it was nonstop since. So since we were kind of talking about that, uh, let's uh, start with Nico. Like, what was your your first hook or your first in to kiss?
2: Yeah, so for me, my dad has this pretty dope stereo system in the basement, so he used to play them a lot, and when I was about eight is when, I think, Rock the Nation, the DVD came out, or maybe I was nine, and I remember you watching it, and I was like, you Rob, I was really freaked out, (laughs) because I go, there's there's this dude... And I want to say I came downstairs like as Gene was spitting the blood. And I'm like, this is music. And I was like really nervous about it. But my dad kept going, no, they're great. They're great. And at that time, I mean, the first bands I ever got into was like Bon Jovi, The Goo Goo Dolls, a little bit of U2, probably a little bit of The Stones. And then I remember Kissology Volume Mm. 1 was coming out. So now this was 2006 and I was 11. And at that point, when VH one was still a channel that did music stuff, um <laughs> they were showing a concert of a concert from the from the D V D so when that was announced, my dad was telling me, Oh yeah, that's coming out in a few weeks. He started trying to show me songs, trying to watch Rock the Nation, but like I just wasn't getting it. <laughs> and then we saw they were they were playing Cobo Hall on TV and which is that first night, which I believe is one is one of the first shows that's on there. I mean, aside from when they played Acrobat in like '73, right. when like it's right. it's from like a gym, it's from like the top left bleachers or something, and you can't even see what's going on. But I remember watching those with you and showing me some of the albums. And then you used to work week nights, Dad, and it was a Friday night, and I watched The Summit by myself. Mm-hmm. And they open up with I Stole from Your Love. From 77. Yep. They open up with I Stole Your Love, which became my favorite Kiss song. I just thought it was so cool how they open the show and they come down from the two lever crane things on yeah. the side. Paul's wearing that – He's he was so fired up. He was wearing that sparkly jacket and then each time he goes, I – he like – whips his head back and forth I'm like oh my god this guy's nuts and that was the first time I ever watched it by myself and then fast forward I was so hooked you bought the DVD we watched all the shows and then three weeks later in November the Kiss Alive box set came mm-hmm. out it was a big CD box set because there weren't, there weren't iPods yet so, <laughs> so, which is crazy to think that it's been that long ago and then you gave me all four and I had a Walkman and I listened to a live one and that was the first kiss album technically that i listened to start to finish fell in love with all those songs and then that year for christmas you bought me their first six albums and so that from october to december it was all like yes that was two months but that was a big it all feels like it flew by and it was all one experience with kiss so when i went in i went in hard because i that, loved as it love. <laughs>
0: Right between the eyes, right? Yeah, Yeah, right. We're going to pun this whole show. I mean, I think it's what all Kiss fans do. Like, once you get that first taste, I'm seeing the Kiss Extreme close-up where Gene's talking about once you get that, that taste, you want more girls. Once you get another girl, you want more girls. Like, once you get Kiss, you want another kiss.
1: But once you taste it, once you get
0: that first taste of whatever it is that's addictive... You want more of it, and once you become famous, you want to get more famous. And once you be, once you get money, you want more. And once you get a girl, you want some more girls and and more dreams. Hey, I made, I made it in Kiss. I want I want to climb
1: that mountain and that one. So Nicholas, what was your first kiss? <laughs> well, my my first kiss. I'm going back like 45 years. Jesus. <laughs> and we started
0: uh, <laughs> we, we started in 1989, and, he, and we jumped yeah. to like 2006, and now we're going back 40. This is awesome.
1: It is like a time jump here, and it's, again, I'm a little vague as to exactly when it was, but I was a 10-year-old kid, and I wasn't even, like, you guys at least were introduced to some rock and roll. Rob, you had some bands that you listened to that you liked, so did my son. He really got into Bon Jovi and the Goo Goo Dolls, and I think you too. I took him to all those concerts Mm -hmm. before he got into Kiss, but um, for me, one night, weekend night, I got to stay up late on the weekends, and there was a show called the Midnight Special, which was on NBC, which was like an hour and a half kind of variety show. It was mainly rock or pop acts of the era that would play with some comedians, and I'll never forget it. It was I just happened to catch, through through no preconceived notion, I just happened to have the TV on when Kiss was on, and I'll never forget it. They did three songs that night. They did Deuce She. And Black Diamond and I was completely mesmerized and blown away because I had come from a household where we didn't listen to rock Mm. it was a pop kind of household with Frank Sinatra Dean Martin Bobby Darin and then my mom when we would get in the car you know she would put the top 40 stations on you would hear like at that time love will keep us together by Captain and (laughs) Tennille
0: That was uh, one Phil- of the first records I had actually played. Was I, right?
1: That's I mean, awful. I remember that playing like every time I got in the car with her to go to the store or to go anywhere. Uh, Philadelphia Freedom, mm. One of These Nights by the Eagles. So that's what even Barry Manilow was big at that time. Man, yeah. Manil- Manilow. Yeah, isn't that fantastic? And I remember all that. So when I saw this that night... And I had just gotten into comic books in about April of 75. It was the the first Batman comic book. So this, they come on, and I could not take my eyes off the TV. It was so transformative for me. It was my baptism, not only into Kiss, but in rock and roll. Mm. And I'm watching these larger-than-life characters, these real-life superheroes, and there's this thunderous music that they're playing. And if anybody, you know, we'll get into this more, but if you ever watch that, It's such a raw, passionate performance, and I mean, they are just full-on, full-throttle. It's amazing, and I got so into it, and I got so obsessed with it immediately that I remember running to her and asking her if she knew who this was. Did she hear this group kiss? And she did not. Hmm. So it was, it really messed up my weekend because I had to figure out, you know, there was, there was no way, how was I going to get more you, of this group? You, you had a TV guide, but they were nowhere. Why didn't there were you nowhere. just Google it? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, Rob. You know, like, so, so for me, the only way that I was able to, in my detective work was when we went to the store, to the drugstore, where I would buy my comic books. Lo and behold, there was a magazine rack. And I think it was either Cream or Hit Parader. And they were on the cover. And that was it, man. I was absolutely hooked from the minute I saw that Midnight Special. And I got that magazine. And it was a great magazine because it was an interview session. And it really gave me the history of them. And that, that led me down a path where some 46 years later, I'm still here and as big a fan as I ever was.
0: I mean, that, not to get into a whole age thing, but like to be on the ground floor and you're seeing one of the early performances, TV performances, of getting to hear Deuce, She, and Black Diamond. I mean that nowadays you could just like I was kind of picking on you, like why didn't you go to Google? Like we can go and see that performance. Yep. But to it's like you couldn't set your DVR. Like oh this there's a new band that's going to be on. I'm going to go. Like you had three channels. You had to rotate the dial. If your if your father was anything like mine, he's like don't spin that dial. You know you're trying to yep. go through the three or four channels and two of them are UHF and you got to turn your antenna and. All that stuff. There's a bunch of people listening to the show now, going, "Antenna, what are you talking about?"
1: <laughs> but you know, but- it, and Rob, it was such anxiety because, like, I, the only thing I could compare it to is like if you saw, like, if you if you saw somebody, <laughs> you saw like a woman or a girl that you were attracted to, and you're at at a mall, and you're like, "Oh, am I ever going to see her again?" Like, I was like, "How am I going to find this band?" It was, it was, un- <laughs> it was just. That's all I thought about that whole weekend, and I, and nobody had any answers for me. And my dad, he could care less. He didn't even know who they were. Or, yeah. And uh, and I wasn't at school that weekend. And I remember going to school on, on obviously, not, not at school on a weekend, but the following Monday I went, and I remember asking. I was 10 years old now, and there were not a lot of, none of my classmates really knew or heard or who they were. It took a little bit of time for, I think, one or two of them to come back to me and say, oh, yeah, my older brother or my older sister knows who they are. They weren't very complimentary. <laughs> they were like, oh, they're not really good. Their music sucks. It's no good. And and that so not only did I have a passion for them, but now is the first time where I got defensive. And I was like, don't talk about Kiss like that. They're fantastic. <laughs> wow. I mean... I
0: don't know about you, Nico. That's just so mind-blowing for somebody to say, I don't know who this band is. Like, my grandmother now knows, knows who Kiss is. Like, you know, my, my aunts and uncles. Because, like you said, 47-some-odd years later, the whole world knows who Kiss. Like, you have the cat, the demon, the star child. You know, some of the nerds even know, okay, they give it... Well, of course, the space band that you got, maybe the Fox, maybe some people know, but you know who kisses that black and white makeup is burned into, you know, pop culture, but to be able to go to school the next day and ask the question, like, who is this band? And somebody doesn't know that's, that's just hard to wrap your, wrap your mind around that. Somebody doesn't
1: know kiss. Yeah. It's pretty much impossible in today's day and age. For someone not to know who they are. That's how big and that's how many lives they've touched and the cultural phenomenon that they are. I, I It would be hard, right, Nick? You can't think and
2: of it. And you could just find out right away. Right just away, Who's exactly. Kiss and then it's right. there. And, 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 and that goes for anyone that you're trying to find, like Rob said. You, you could pretty much find out who anyone is in the pop culture world, in the music world, in the entertainment world, who you want by just going, what was this? Exactly. Or you could Google search something that as is. who is the band with the guy who sticks his tongue out and Kiss comes <laughs> yeah. up like it's crazy yeah. it's That's crazy right. unreal Nicholas you were talking about that connection but somebody knows who
0: Kiss is you're like oh you almost have like the secret passcode like how did you know that I was just wearing one of the vintage shirts from Kiss that you could go on their you know website and buy i had a hot in the shade t-shirt because i never got to see the hot in the shade tour always loved that sphinx leon the sphinx they called him so i was just wearing that going to walmart a couple weeks ago and somebody's like dude i like your shirt and uh, yeah so i kind of turned again he's like oh man he's like i love kiss and then we both went our way i looked at my wife and i said see she's like nerd but you know yeah you know <laughs> I, I, I think funny. if i was wearing I mean and I love Def Leppard. I'm just kind of throwing this out there. Like somebody may go, "Oh, hey Def Leppard, I like Def Leppard." But seeing that Kiss logo from 10 20 yards away that the dude was like watching me walk up and made it a point to go, "Dude, I love your shirt." And I was just kind of like, "He gets it," you know. And it's it's hot in the shade. You know, it's not like I had Hotter Than Hell or Rock and Roll Over with the buzzsaw on it that still the Kiss logo and could still see the outline of the sphinx and just instantly new and just like yeah that iconic kiss logo with the
1: two lightning bolts i mean it's just goes without saying it's amazing you know it's a brotherhood a sisterhood it's just and i think some of it comes out of adversity rob because mm-hmm. not everybody does love them they do they do have a little bit of a uh critically they've never been acclaimed for their yeah. music yeah. And so I think that us Kiss fans, us Kiss Army, we are gatekeepers for them. We're very defensive, and we go out of our way. And so when you see a fellow Kiss fan, it's just an understanding. It's it's almost like you don't have to even say anything, right? You just kind of look at each other, and you could be like, "Yeah, man, I you understand, and I understand." It's like a, it's like they're bigger than some private club, but to me, they still feel like a small community. Yeah,
2: you both. Yeah. You both brought something up that just really hit me now is you touched on it, Dad, about that rite of passage. It's like this special club, and Rob, you talked about the excitement's just different, right, when when somebody likes Kiss. That's actually – I couldn't agree more. I always thought it was just because of, like, I was younger and I was – not many people my age like Kiss. But I, I go back to a couple stories um, where I just got overly excited is – I was scrolling on Instagram like a few years ago and some person I follow, I think it was a woman and, or either someone I went to high school with or someone I was in college with at the time. And a picture she posted, she was wearing a kiss shirt and the caption was very cheesy. Like, you know, I want to rock and roll all night or party every day. And I'm like, she's probably not even a kiss fan, but just the fact that she has that shirt on, I was like, yo, <laughs> yeah. that could have been any other band. And I would have like not felt a certain way. Because it was Kiss. And then another another thing that absolutely blew me away is back when I was in college, it was my senior year. This is like four years ago, three years ago. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I was in a fraternity, and my girlfriend at the time was in a sorority. And we had this uh, combined event at this venue, and the theme was heavy metal rock. So I'm like, I'm going to wear my rock and roll over shirt, and I made her wear my uh, dress to kill one. Because I'm like, we are not not going and kiss. Like right. we're going and kiss. Because I was like, we're gonna be the only people in kiss there, right? And we get there. And like I said, of course a ton of people just got the vintage shirts. They went to Hot Topic, like you joked about Rob. <laughs> and got their shirts. So when I say this, I don't mean there are a bunch of fans here, but the number of kiss shirts I saw. There's probably about a hundred people there, and I'm not kidding you, there's a good thirty to forty kiss shirts, and I'm like, people knew this theme and they went to find a kiss shirt. Cause they're like, Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's, that's as that's cool awesome. as it gets. Yep. Like no one was wearing Bon Jovi, you know, <laughs> of course there was, which I love by the way, but it was like all the stereotypical ones. So the, there's a lot of Zeppelin, a lot of ACDC, mm-hmm. which were like the predominant ones. But like the third one was kiss. And I'm like, so many people went out and got these Kiss shirts or they ordered them or they know people <laughs> who have them. I'm like, wait, so some of these people must be connected to the fans. And that made me, the theme was already cool to me. But seeing all those Kiss shirts, I was like, I want to be friends with these people. Even if they don't really like Kiss, just for this night, where we're in the Army. It looks like the Kiss Army is here. So it was so, yeah. you're right. The joy when somebody likes Kiss is different than any other band. It's different. Than any other it band. hits different. In my, it, for us, for me at least.
0: Yeah, and I think it also too they feel like our band. I think like with any fandom, you're you're gonna have people that will go to extremes on either side. But I think somehow with KISS, because they're not critically acclaimed in some aspects, we're like, Good, who needs them? You know? That's right. You know, they're they're not getting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We don't need the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we can latch on to certain songs and go. In some weird way, you're going, yeah. They wrote this song for me, or this is a song I identify with. It's been more recent, but there was uh, a song on Monster Freak. You know, I've got streaks in my hair. People point and stare. Yeah, I'm a freak. You know, it's maybe as cheesy as some people want to jump on Monster for. On certain parts of that song, I that's kind of how I felt being a Kiss fan. You may Mm -hmm. get some people going. You like Kiss? I'm like, yeah. And there was there was never a time I was like, well yeah i mean i kind of like kiss i owned it like yeah they're my favorite band and you could just start rattling off this you know love gun destroyer you know start running through the list i remember i had my cousin and his friends were we were playing ball back behind the high school or whatever and i would bring a boombox out or whatever and somebody's like oh rob's gonna play kiss again (laughs) and for whatever reason i had ace's solo album on and uh new york groove started and a buddy of mine's like what's that and i said oh it's ace freely who's ace freely I was like, oh my gosh, Kiss? Seriously, that's Kiss? And it was that song, and all four of them became Kiss fans. I don't know if they're as passionate as we were back in, you know, 19... It was right before the reunion tour started. So it would have been like 90, 95, 96, right around in there. So they didn't get to see Kiss till 2000 on the farewell tour. And they were both like, or all four of them were like, man, my first Kiss show is the end. you know. And now, yeah. and now here we are in sure. 2021 and we're waiting for the end of the road part two <laughs> oh to God. start.
1: So, well, Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it, it, there's so many stories like that, too, where I think the music, when people give the music a chance, mm-hmm. I think you realize that there's some real quality there. And that these are really, that they're really talented singers, songwriters, musicians. It's just, I feel like a lot of critics don't give the music a chance. And that's been always my thing that bugged me, has irritated me. But you're so right. I can't tell you how many times that I'd play music in the car with somebody and they'd be like, who is this? You know, and I'm like, it's Kiss. And they'd be like, really? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. And I'm not talking about the obvious ones, the rock and roll all night and the Beth, but I'm talking about some of the more obscure album tracks and stuff from the '80s. So, listen, I, I can't criticize them. I I don't like people that criticize them.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll find out through the hopefully the whole course of the show. We're going to find those moments where we're going to go, oh, what what were you guys thinking? And, sure. a, and uh, a buddy of mine had coined the phrase, i must steal it from him. Kiss is like sex a pizza. Like, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> good. I've, I've, I've had bad pizza. I've had bad sex. But guess what? I had pizza. I had it's sex. Still, and I was listening to Kiss. It's still good. It's still good. <laughs> it's, it's still, it's still good. Right,
1: right.
2: right. <laughs> you know what's funny, too, is, that, Rob, I'm pretty sure you're going to agree, because I tell my dad this, and I'm going to assume here, I've had the a very cool upbringing in music because... I've fallen in love with, I mean, 20 plus bands that my dad shown me. I even get into a little Frank Sinatra and stuff. It's very, Mm -hmm. um, very important to our family. The Michael Jacksons, et cetera, et cetera. But I've also, you know, grown up with the modern music. So I went through like the emo rock, the punk rock, the alternative stuff Mm in the 2000s. I've. I have a lot of friends who are very into hip-hop. I have a friend who's a rapper. I have a friend who sings in L.A., so I'm in the pop world. So I like so many different types of music, except I hate country music with a burning passion. <laughs> I'm sorry if either of you do. I'm sorry if any person who listens does. That's, I'm, I'm not ripping on you, just my personal preference. I don't like country music. But I know so many artists, but yet yeah, KISS is the band where like you can – I can keep going with songs and albums like I'll get bored of the other groups or artists more quickly than KISS. KISS, I don't know, every song, it's weird. It's not, I'm not just trying to be like an an unapologetic stan here because that's the word I'm trying to use. I love, I, I will keep going. Cause then you can go to the in makeup stuff. You could go out of the makeup stuff, and even songs like you said, Rob and Sonic Boom and Monster have some bangers. Yeah, I don't yeah. care what anyone says. They got some fun songs. So Kiss is a band who I will always go to, and I never really leave them. Nor do I ever really get bored. The catalog is so
0: diverse.
1: Exactly. I, mean, I mean,
0: to throw okay, the first Kiss album, and then maybe jump to Love Gun, and then jump to something really crazy like the Elder. Crazy Mm -hmm. Nights, Revenge, Monster, MTV Unplugged. There is, you would talk about like country. You can listen to MTV Unplugged and there's everything. Like talk about what you were saying, Nicholas, about you take all the makeup away, you take all the bombs and everything. And like Paul Stanley has said multiple times in interviews if you can't play a song on an acoustic guitar then it's a crappy song,
1: yeah, you know, I love that quote, hearing
0: yeah. things like "Sure Know Something" and mm-hmm. from Gene's solo album "See Tonight," like a song that I never really paid much attention to on Gene's solo album, and I can't wait till we can review that album or whatever, but and go I, like I don't know, hearing the unplugged version of that song made me go back to Gene's solo album and go, I can hear it, you know, it took a different version of that song. And then like we were talking about Alive, hearing the first three albums they're going, they're good. And then you get to Alive and you go, holy crap. Yeah. What did they do to these songs? Because they sound amazing. So speaking of yeah, albums, let's go around the room. What's your, and this is like, pick your favorite child. <laughs> pick <laughs> your go-to album. It may not be, it could be your favorite album, but one that you're just, you're going to gravitate to. Somebody says, what's your favorite Kiss album? What is it? Put you on the spot, Nicholas.
1: Oh, that's tough, man. I, You know, I, I don't want to cheat like my son and say there's two because if I, if I have to flip a coin, it's either Alive or mm-hmm. Destroyer. But quite honestly, it's Alive because I just never, I never get tired of Alive and there's obviously more songs on it. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times I've heard it, like thousands of times, it always sounds new to me it's always fresh to me and it's like you said those are their classic original songs from the first three albums and that and that's from my era that's what i grew up with nico
2: darn um <laughs> oh it's so tough it's so tough right. but actually it's not cuz my brain goes right to it every time for several reasons this might be a basic answer but i don't really care it's it's rock and roll over one it's the coolest In my opinion, for me personally, it's the coolest album cover ever. I love that album cover. I have like three shirts for no apparent reason. I have one (laughs) colored, one faded, one in black and white for no reason. I haven't even worn two of them. But I love it so much because in my opinion, okay, all their music is fun, right? Mm -hmm. But to me, that's one of their most fun albums because if you look at their first six, which is sort of like their gold standard. A lot of people, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like a lot of Kiss fans would, you know, hold those six over over everything. But it also feels like the most different from the first six. Mm-hmm. Just like the way I want you opens kind of slow and then it goes hard. Then you go right into take me. You know, you got the world famous Doctor Love, just all the riffs on there. And then man, like hard look woman, you get Peter go you know, baby driver yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby yeah driver. again like like so he's so raw his vocals on mm-hmm. baby driver and then you got the most underrated kiss song of all time and that's by the gummy Mr. Speed yeah, I know that's awesome. I mean and then ending it with one of the oh, most yeah. fun songs ever I mean is making love, is making love. Oh. so I mean that album is so fun to me that that's the one that I'll turn on when I'm like in the car on a summer night and if I want to choose a kiss album to like have fun with it, with like the windows down it's rock and roll over because those songs are so fun and that feels like in their early days that was the most creative one in my opinion just going back to listen right yeah Well, like i said when you go back to those first six that one feels like the most creative to me love gun they kind of go back a little bit which isn't a bad thing because my favorite song in the world is on love gun but i love rock and roll over man it's so it's so cool on a previous
0: podcast on the let's go show
2: I like firmly planted
0: my foot in the non makeup era. Like that's that's when I discovered Kiss. I mean, like I love all those albums. So yeah, I have this special place in my heart for Hot in the Shade. But it's actually Revenge that you know I got to see the band for the first time live on the Revenge tour. Like, and they were forever saying, you know, no, we're not going back into makeup. You know, Ace and Peter are never gonna join. This is Kiss. So I am like, this this is the the big deal for me. So as much as I loved getting hot in the shade and that's that's that first kiss moment, the first album that really where I went, Okay, this is my favorite band. I had my Sam Goody coupon. I don't even remember how I got I got like fifty Sam Goody coupons. It must have been like through the the Kiss Army, like they would send you coupons out to you got like two dollars off the album, or whatever, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I got fifty coupons, I can get like Twelve albums for free, and then it says, you know, only good for one purchase or whatever. So I was, <laughs> I was giving them out to people or whatever. But I was in, I got in line for the store, thinking that there was going to be a massive line, and that's where Kiss was kind of in one of their ebbs and flows again. Of like, maybe they weren't as popular as they were, but when Revenge hit, I was like, kind of the same thing you were saying, Nico. Like. Every song on that album, I can listen to Front and Back, and we had just lost Eric Carr a few years prior, so this was uh, the first album with a blonde drummer, who I was like, oh, I think he played in Lita Ford, and I remember him in Badlands with Jake Mm -hmm. Lee, so just getting that album and hearing, like, seeing the video for Unholy, I was like, this is completely is this a gene song and seeing gene with that goatee and for years in the eighties where you were just like, all right, gene, what the hell are you, (laughs) (laughs) are you wearing? Right. And they looked bad ass again. And I felt like this is like the seventies on like a muscle car. Like somebody took a car from the seventies, got bigger tires and bigger muffler. And it was just this driving force. So uh, revenge is always going to be that album and like we're talking a flip of the coin, I have three albums I can go from Revenge, Hot in the Shade, Carnival, Creatures, you know, my, my pendulum swings all over, but if I'm going into a dark room and I'm going to pick up an album off the shelf, I instinctively know right where that Revenge album is. All right, next question. Favorite band member.
2: <laughs>
0: now this is top so, because- here. There's two questions here. So we'll go yeah. favorite band member and then we'll go favorite character makeup. So let's see if the if you have a favorite makeup, does it match your favorite band member, or are you going to be like me and pick a non non makeup guy? <laughs>
1: Once again, man, this is hard, Rob. I... Oh, yours is easy. Well, what I, are you talking? I about? I started out with Peter. I started out with Peter. I was going to
2: say if you don't yeah. get Peter, I can't. Yeah, do the I market.
1: mean, I would. I would say Peter. <laughs> I would say Peter for me as a young man behind the drum kit because I I don't drum now like you, Rob, but I did when I was younger. <laughs> I just really thought he was cool, and I love the cat makeup and the persona. I really dig it. I mean, later, it's Paul. I mean, I think Paul is, like, the greatest front man ever in the history of rock and roll. But to be honest with you and go back to my days, it is definitely Peter Chris and the makeup match is my favorite character as well. Gotcha.
0: Nico? Uh,
2: Yeah, I'm going to be boring because (laughs) it's going to be the same for both. I mean, it's Paul... And it's the star. The reason why it's the star is it's so simple. It's just the star over the one eye. Yeah. And it's Paul because, listen, I've seen a lot of frontmen. I've seen a lot of frontmen live. I've seen a lot of the goats live. There's just something about Paul from the 70s until now. I mean, he is just as energetic, just as charismatic now and ever. He really is the star child. He really is a rock star, not to have too much of a pun in there. <laughs> But let me cheat to be not boring. I'm a sucker for the Spaceman, too. Mm, yeah. I'm a sucker for the Spaceman, especially Ace in the 70s when he doesn't know where he is. On um, <laughs> stage, you know. Am I on stage? Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Did it's show the show It's the best. But I will say, I want to throw something in here, too, is my favorite costume is the Love Gun Spaceman, the oh, silver tunic sort of thing. I love the Love Gun... Silver spaceman. I've always wanted to do that for Halloween. I might I might do that this year now that we have the show, we could take pictures or something It could be fun. I don't know. Mine uh probably goes without saying. Favorite member is Eric Singer. Yeah. That's it
0: nice. was I'd be lying if I said Eric Carr was a huge inspiration. Again, hot in the shade and you know, he was the drummer at the time. So all of those songs on there, that was the only album I had for a while until I started going back back. Like the second album I got was Creatures. Again, because of Eric Carr. But at the time I really started playing drums, Eric Carr had already passed. So, like, the the next person to kind of look up to that was currently playing in KISS was Eric Singer. So I've met him uh, multiple times at different KISS expos. I got a signed drum. I just ordered a lithograph with uh, of Eric Singer coming in. So he's my favorite uh, band member. But again, to be different, the Fox makeup, there's something oh, about yeah. Eric's Fox makeup is so cool. And like Peter's, his makeup slowly changed over time. Like look at the first kiss album with Peter's makeup. It's like, did somebody like, do you have a makeup artist? That was like, no, we need to add more red. And like Peter's makeup kind of looks atrocious on that first album, but then mm-hmm. you kind of slowly start to see it by how to hell, like, all of their makeup is really starting to get fine-tuned. And then when you hit Alive, Peter's makeup is on point, looks great. And mm-hmm. the same thing with kind of Eric's. Like, he was going to originally be the hawk, and then he didn't have that center line going down the front of his face. And the Palladium show, but by the time they hit Australia, had a chance to, like, retweak it. But there's something cool about Eric's makeup, so that would be my pick would be both Eric's. And then I get to have my cake and eat it, too. And I'll probably get booed for it, but Singer looks kind of cool in the cat makeup. But hey, that,
1: he you does. Have that.
2: He's yeah. I mean, you want to have a hot take. He's a really he's a really talented drummer, man. It's hard to think of anyone else in the world you would want playing the drums for them right now than Eric Singer. And so he's I, got good chops. He sings.
1: Yeah. He's he sounds similar to Peter. Him and Peter Chris, yep. you know, very very similar. I I loved it when. He would do like nothing to lose in concert, I, and and obviously Black Diamond. He sounds great, Eric Singer. He's terrific. He's a fantastic musician. Oh, yeah. First Kiss show. Well, for me, I I unfortunately did not get to see them, even though I grew up with them and discovered them in '75. I did not see Kiss in the '80s. My first Kiss show was the reunion tour at the Rosemont Horizon, mm. and it was July Fourteenth, nineteen ninety-six. And that whole reunion tour, I think I saw seven or eight shows. It's amazing on all the di- on, on the different legs or whatever. And again, I I can only tell you that it there was nothing like that first show. It was incredible. It's among the top rock shows I've ever seen all time, and uh, it it was great. I mean, and they were on that reunion tour. Now I've seen them. I've seen Kiss probably over twenty times, twenty five times. Since the reunion tour. And for me, there was nothing like that when they all got back together. There was a real chemistry and friendship and bond between them that I have not seen uh, with the original four on any of the tours that came after. Yeah. So it was just, it was special. And I, I, they played, I think they played three nights. That's how big that tour was. I think they played three out of four nights at the horizon and I was there for every one of them. That's amazing.
0: My first Kiss show was November 22nd, 1992 at Savage Hall, Toledo, Ohio, on the Revenge Tour. Never forget that. Funny story. A lot of people have seen, you know, the clips from the Revenge Tour. I'll never forget this. There was a father and son sitting up just a few rows from us, and it was a a kind of a cool moment to see the father explaining Kiss to his son. The son had to be, man, eight, nine, maybe and when the strippers came out from Take It Off, I'll never forget. The Dad looks at his kid and goes, if you tell your mother you saw this, I will kill you. <laughs> my buddy, my best friend and I, we were laughing hysterically. And then when the strippers came out, he's like, dude, why are we watching this father and son? There's chicks on stage. But my second show, June 28th, 1996, Detroit, Michigan, Tiger Stadium. Kiss in makeup For the first time since 1983. Are you kidding me? And all four original members. Holy crap. And I think going into that show. I think it originally was supposed to be. And I think if memory serves me correct. I think it was Stone Temple Pilots. Were listed during the announcement. To be the opening act for the show. If there were some like drug issues that were going on at the time with Wyland or not, or I can't remember why they backed out, but it ended up being Sponge and Allison Chains, which ironically that would be the last live performance for uh, Lane Staley, that just mm. having come off MTV Unplugged, they did one show that year, and then he passed away, you know, uh, sometime after that. But being in Tiger Stadium and being in seats that were very close to our season ticket seats we're on the third base side and looking out in the field and the same buddy that we went to the revenge tour with, like we would just every once in a while, you just kind of look at people looking around the stadium. Like it was just packed beyond packed and going, dude, they're going to be in makeup. Like never dreamed that a moment like that was going to happen. So I saw two shows in that one and uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana was my uh, second show on that, which I believe
1: if I memory serves right, you were at that show. I was at that show That's I was I was at the Milwaukee show, Indiana. I went to the Peoria show on the Lost Cities tour. I I could not get enough of that reunion tour. Mm-hmm. I, I did about as much as I could afford at that time mm-hmm. and um it was just such a special time for me. Unbelievable. Nico, first show, brother.
2: For me, and what's crazy is once once again, it sounds like I'm a crazy stan, but I remember all of this. It was November 6, 2009. It was the Alive 35 tour. The only frustration I had is they definitely did not play Alive in its entirety like they said. Uh, there were a couple yeah. setlist changes on the tour. There were a couple songs I would have liked to see, <clears throat> I Stole Your Love. Uh, by the time <laughs> oh. they got to Chicago, they dropped them. They played it for a few weeks, but it's okay. It's okay. I'm literally reaching for for straws to find any sort of nitpick because there wasn't one. No, it was was November 2009. It was 14. I think 14. I'm very fortunate to have a dad who, when we see a concert, he refuses to sit in not good seats. Mm. So we were on the left side. We were about 10 rows back from the floor. Incredible view. And I had watched a million DVDs at that point because now it's like three years post Casology, So I think Casology 2 and 3 came out. Maybe just two. Maybe just two of them came out. And I thought I was prepared, but he told me... When that curtain falls, you you will become a man. <laughs> the curtain fell. I blacked out Deuce because I don't remember because I was so blown away, and I think I became a man that day. Uh, plain and simple, that was the... It is still... I've seen a lot of amazing concerts, but every Kiss show I've seen has been 110%. It's been balls to the wall. It's been amazing. But, but that first one, it was so cool. And doesn't it go by so fast It goes by so fast because so so many of your senses are being stimulated at the same time. (laughs) Your vision, your ears are shot. Even the smell of the smoke. The smell of the
1: smoke. The fire you feel, the warmth. You
2: feel the fire and you feel the whole stadium arena vibrating. (laughs) I mean, this sounds stupid. I've been
1: on the
0: floor enough to have the confetti come oh, same. out yeah. and like yeah. I've, I've got some i've got some i have some confetti myself and sure. like i stood there for a moment the first time it was a private show for honda family members and it was like rascal flats and kiss like rascal flats was in the morning she in 2005 made. and then kiss was the main act that night and the, i think eric was on tour with alice cooper at the time i think he was wearing a wig that night because he had didn't want to dye his hair for for one night or whatever but when the confetti cannon went off, I mean, like kiss wasn't touring in 2005, like the rock, the nation tour had, had ended in 2004. So they were taking that year off. And when Honda was like, Hey, we want you to play our family fun day or whatever. So I felt like that show, a- another friend of mine had gone. That's how I was lucky enough to be able to get a ticket to it. He was like, did they just launch every single firework they've had in reserve? Cause it wasn't like they were going to go play, you know, Fort Wayne the next night. Like, they just brought a, pardon the language, a shit ton of fireworks. Mm. And we're like, we're blowing them off, and there was confetti everywhere that night. So there's some clips of that. Let's look up a Honda Fest 2005, and you can see uh, some of that footage. But uh, yeah, very, very cool. But just like I said, all those senses, and you don't know who to look at. Which remember, you're scanning the whole stage. Like, oh, there's Paul. There's Gene. You know, there's bombs going off, and you're feeling the flame from. Uh, can it, it's unbelievable it is
1: it is a sensory overload it's, there is no doubt insane. about that
0: so uh any other thoughts i know this is like our our first episode we're just kind of clocking in just a tad over an hour this was a i think a nice way to kind of get a chance to quote-unquote meet the band hear the three of us yeah. get some early stories and i don't know and nico i think you probably got this email i think i have it here at the moment I just got an email from uh, Kiss 2020 Goodbye uh,
1: mm-hmm. that I'm
0: going to read here. It says, "A Kiss fans, we wanted to uh, send you an update on the status of your orders. Currently, we are still in post production on the show and almost finished. We are watching, are waiting on band members' comments and approvals in order to finalize our distribution plans, which we are still hoping for early spring or spring early summer." Once the distribution plan is is agreed to, we will release the date to be announced. As Golden Platinum box set customers, which we both are, which I think that's a funny story. <laughs> I I want I want you to tell before we get out of here. Tell the story. Uh, you, you will receive your uh, your orders prior to the retail release, so you will have exclusive window to enjoy the show prior to anyone else. And then it goes on to about COVID and uh, having to oh, yeah. you know wait and do all that stuff. So. I remember, like, talking about having done that show for Let's Go podcast. And then this 2020 New Year's Eve show was coming up that I remember asking the wife, like, you know, I, I like to see the on- st- the streaming concert. She's like, yeah, that's fine. I was like, but there's another package. I, I, w- <laughs> I think it was like a $40 ticket originally, something like that. And oh, yeah. she's like, well, how much is this other one? And I was like, it's 120 some bucks. She's like, Rob, I'm like, but sure. listen, babe, seriously, you don't understand. I get drumsticks. She's like, <laughs> she's, she's like are, are they played? Okay, I get drumsticks. <laughs> I'm going to get a shirt and I'm going to get a DVD of the show. And I'm going to get a digital download. I'm like, run through the stuff. She's like it's kiss. It's your favorite band. And like, we had tickets for the end of the road. And unfortunately I'm one of the ones that my show was in September of last year. Didn't get to see it. So knocking on wood, if we just would have picked just an earlier show. So I'm just holding out. So she's like, yeah, that's cool. And I wasn't aware like, okay, they're in Dubai when they're saying, all right, it's midnight. You know, I'm at work and I get a notification like, Hey, kiss is taking the stage. I'm like, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. like, Kiss and take of stage. I'm like, oh crap! Dubai's on the other side. So that was my pack. Uh, Nico, uh, what version did you buy? <laughs> uh,
2: which one did I buy initially, <laughs> or which one did I end up with? That's a different question. Did, did, no.
0: did some <laughs> did
2: some sucker convince you? Some <laughs> some a few things convinced me. Um, so we bought the regular one. We bought the regular ticket because. I was watching at home with my dad. So it was. I want to say, yeah, it was like 35 or 40. And then I was really looking to let loose on the show because I actually was exposed to COVID that week. So Mm. I was home. I hadn't done anything all week. So all I could think about was this Kiss show, which was actually kind of cool because that's all I wanted to do on, on to end 2020. Anyway, was watch this dope Kiss show with my pop. So we start watching it. And we're drinking some whiskey and we're having a ball. And, I, and I'm and i like, we're about six songs in. <laughs> and, I, and I look, I go to their site and you could still get the other package. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like looking down on it. And I remember, Rob, you had already told me that you got that. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. I'm thinking about it. But then like it came around and I'm like, no, I don't need it. So I... I turn to my dad and I go, so hypothetically, would I be crazy to get the, you know, higher package? And he's like, well, what does it come with? And I told him, and Rob, we felt the same way. We, we love, we're the worst at, we will rationalize any purchase we make. Yes. Any purchase we make. We could spend two grand on, On a guitar pick that was in the same room as Paul Stanley, but he never touched it. And we would would be like, well, Paul's energy was in the room, which means his energy's on the pick. Right, right. But so so we're like, yeah, we never got to see him. And at that point, we're like, who knows if they are going to reschedule? Who knows if they're going to come back? So this very well could be our last experience with Kiss and all the stuff Mm -hmm. sounded cool. And then my dad goes, well, which one did Rob get? (laughs) (laughs) And I go, well, he got... This one. And he's like, yeah, you should probably get it. <laughs> so then I got it. And uh, like you, Rob, I'm waiting for it.
0: Yeah. And I remember my wife's like, well, because she knows me, like, I'll I'll kind of lead with something. And she's like, okay. She's like, is there a higher tier than that that you, she's like, okay, you've got me on the hook for the 120 or, or whatever it is. She's like, are you going to? regret later that you didn't get the next tier up and that you're going to spend more money going to eBay trying to piecemeal out everything else I said well there is another tier she's like how (laughs) how much I said it's a thousand bucks. She's like, she's like, get out of the bedroom right now. Shut your mouth and count your stars. And I was like, yes, ma'am, you got that right. <laughs> yeah, that that'll be cool. Not that I hadn't forgot that that's coming, but every once in a while, I'm like, they did say April. So when I got that email, I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm like, oh, they're still finalizing. So, so it'll be cool. So with this podcast starting, we'll be able to kind of you know probably review a new a new Kiss product and. Hopefully, maybe we'll get a chance to see Kiss somewhere down the line. So before we get out of here, unless you guys have have anything else, because like Paul would say, we're just getting started. We got so much cool stuff and ideas planned for the show. But uh, the next three episodes, we've been talking about, like, first Kiss. This was an idea I floated uh, to the Caruso Boys here of, like, everybody kind of remembers their first Kiss. So the first... Three things, Uh, the next three episodes that are going to be coming up will be individual episodes of our first kiss, our first experience with the band. So we've got two live shows and an album review uh, coming your way on the show. So that's something definitely to to be excited about. And like there's so many different avenues with the band that we could take. And not only to mention, we want to throw in some other parts of bands that we like. So we're going to have like an opening act segment of bands that have opened for kiss and be able to go down catalogs. And I want to find some way to pull some Sinatra in here. There's got to be some similarities, Heck we yeah. got to have gotta 12, 12 degrees of kiss here. Like where can we draw the line? And I think in the second coming DVD or VHS, I think gene gives peter some of those classic artists that we mentioned like sinatra and all those guys a, a cd collection so i think that's our our 12 degrees right there just because we'll find it well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. we'll definitely find it so uh, any parting thoughts uh, that you guys have before we get out of our, our first episode for right between the eyes let's start with uh uh
1: nicholas on this one it's like paul says man we're just getting started don't get tired This is going to be a passion-filled, fun discussion of everything that is great about the greatest band in the universe. I have no doubts. Nico. I couldn't agree more,
2: Rob. I couldn't be more thankful that you were the catalyst that started all this. So thankful we have a friend, a... Truly, a brother from another mother, like you said, in the kiss world now. But if you, if you will let me, if this is the only show people ever listen to, I got to do some real quick because you gave me the honor of being the star child. So I just got to tell you, Rob, Rob, we got a podcast for you now, wow, wow, woo. <laughs> and we are just getting started. Then you'd hear. Yeah, I, did. I was going to go longer with that, but I realized how how tone-deaf I am. So the Paul, when he sings eight sentences, I wasn't going to go yeah. for as long, long as Paul. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. Well, well, yeah, like he could say hello, and it's going to go on for two and a half oh, minutes.
2: <laughs> a lesser podcaster would have went on for nine sentences but a better one wouldn't have done it at all so i was somewhere in the middle there you go right (laughs) somewhere in the middle yeah
0: shoot for the middle or or right between the eyes and you'll you'll be just fine
2: rob (laughs) my ears. Well, let's
0: get some plugs out of the way. So if you tuning into this show, some of us have some other shows. If you want to expand your horizons into the geek sphere out there, boys, uh, what else do you have out there? You would like to plug that the other listeners may be able to hear some of the other things that we do
2: absolutely absolutely so if you liked me and my father on here because we're sort of a package deal when it comes to this stuff we have a comic book film based podcast with a very good friend of ours called the vigilante 1939 you can find that at the vigilante 1939 it's how we met rob it was actually rob i just re- i just remembered it. it was on the three jokers three we jokers covering the yes. three jokers on yeah. let's go comic show <laughs> but for me personally i also do film and television reviews over at www.letsgopodcast.com so you can find me there and I'm on some other shows just just go to the website there's a lot we do a lot but that's where you find me or you could just find me on twitter instagram or letterbox at nico caruso that's at n-i-k-k-o-c-a-r-u-s-o dad plug your twitter handle
1: yep you can get me at n caruso jr in addition to the vigilante 39 and I'm just I'm always on twitter talking comic book movies sports music just just all the stuff that I love and you can find me, Rob,
0: on Twitter at DrummerRob10. And I host a couple shows. Everyone loves The Drake at ELTD podcast. That is The Drake being Tim Drake, the third and greatest Robin for Batman. And we're True. covering the classic 1990s era and 2000s run of Tim Drake, written by the wonderful Chuck Dixon. And because I'm not original, I have a sister show, Everyone Loves Young Justice. And that's the team up show of. Tim Drake and all his other superhero teenagers, uh, Superboy and Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, arrowette and getting really geeky here. And you can find us at ELYJ Podcast with my co host, Jay Yaws. So, on the behalf of the Caruso Boys, this is Rob. You've been listening to Right Between the Eyes Podcast, and we will see you in a few weeks. Take care. You've been listening to Right Between the Eyes, a Kiss Podcast. All music and sound clips belong to their respected copyright holders. No infringement is intended in any way by this show. It's used to enhance your listening pleasure and to make the show come more alive. So if Gene could not send his lawyers, that would be amazing. You can get a hold of us a few different ways. We are on Twitter at RBTE Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Right Between the Eyes Podcast. We are also on Instagram and very soon YouTube as well. You can also email into the show, and we will read all emails, and this will allow you to participate in the discussion. You can do so at eyes at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and hear why KISS is still the hottest band in the world and why they still hit us right between the eyes. See you in a few weeks, KISS family.